Leadership File on Premiere. Welcome to the Leadership File, conversations that change the way you lead. I'm Andy Peck. If you were to ask what would be the major change in local church life in the last 50 years, the increase in the role of small groups would be key. Small groups have been around for centuries, of course. They were the basis of the Methodist church growth and development in the mid-18th century. But they've become a staple part of the church program in recent decades, especially in churches that have grown. That said, many churches have small groups, but they also find them a bit of a mixture. Many are stuck in a rut. Some are too monochrome to suit all kinds of church members. And many find that the percentage attending is quite low. To talk about rebooting your small groups, I'm joined by Richard Lodge, who is one of the pastors at King's Church High Wycombe, a church that changed its small group structure and is seeking fruit from the adjustments they made. So welcome, Richard, to Leisure Farm. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. So your, your journey to church work at King's Church Festival? Yes, well, uh, I have to be honest, at the start of my career when I left university, um, working for the church was never on my agenda and uh, it's always been a happy surprise for me to be asked to do things in church so when I was asked to be a small group leader and then then go on the eldership team and then go full-time it was always a pleasant surprise but at each point I've always checked trying to make sure that I I was in God's will and here I am happy and privileged. where, Where was university in your first career? Uh, I worked in the semiconductor high-tech industry, developing things like electronics and mobile phones, which is, as you can imagine, ideal preparation for pastoral <laughs> ministry in the local church. But this is where I've ended up. Well, wonderful, wonderful. So uh, the situation you faced at King's Church, High Wycombe, with respect to small groups particularly, give us a background to the church, maybe the size and and then... Yeah, we're a church of uh, a good Sunday for us, about 700 people. Hmm. We average anywhere between 600 and 700 across two two meetings on a Sunday morning. Um, we started out as a house church, small church meeting in someone's living room and grew from a small group uh, to meeting in schools and then getting our own building, which we've got about 21 years ago. Um, and have just carried on growing much to our pleasant surprise, really. Mm-hmm. And so um, you got to a point where you, you thought, we need to look at small groups. What was, what was not working so, so well? I think I mean, small groups are a key part of our discipleship. Mm. We grew out of the small, small church, house church mm. uh, movement, and so we have a biblical conviction that they're really important for discipleship. And uh, we hit a number of problems that peaked probably about three years ago. And um, on the one hand, it looked on the surface that everything, you could interpret everything was okay with our small groups. We, um, they were led by experienced leaders that were really great with people. Um, So on the surface, if you went to a small group, it it could look fine. But under the surface, there were quite a few things that were challenging for us in terms of leadership. And the first one is we struggled to um, engage leaders in their 20s and 30s, people who we could see had great leadership potential and they just weren't engaged or enthusiastic about leading the types of small groups we had at the time. Our small groups, by and large, tended to be Bible study-based, exclusively Bible study-based, really good at pastoral care, which was important to us, but followed the Sunday morning programme and they were all pretty much following that, that format 
the second thing uh, that we had was it was very hard to get brand new people into our small groups because they were quite close, close communities. Uh, it was hard for new people coming in and we were finding it very, very difficult to get brand new people to settle into groups in the church. Um, also, if we looked over time, our small group attendance and the buy-in from those for whom the small groups were set up, that was just diminishing year on year. Uh, and as I say, we didn't have much variety in the groups. And then a final thing was it's hard for our leaders. Our leaders were getting tired, Andy, and, and mm. the more experienced ones were bit by bit stepping down. And, and the only way to, to stop leading a small group uh, was to burn out, to step down, or to pray that Jesus would return again so it would bring a natural end to the group. So yeah. we had a number of challenges yeah. about three years ago that we needed to address. I, I, I once remember chatting to someone who, who was seriously thinking of moving house because they couldn't, they couldn't lay down their responsibility in the church because they were burned out. Yeah. And so they thought, well, if I move house, then I won't have to come to this church, which is kind of sad, isn't it? So what did you do and, and, and why? What was, the, what was your approach? Well, we stumbled on a, f a few things. So we tinkered. We had two phases of change, if you like, Andy. The first was a bit of tinkering, but the tinkering was important because we learnt a few things. Uh, and then we did some wholesale changes about two years ago in, in September 13. So the tinkering stuff was quite important. And we wanted to look at two issues um, about four or five years ago. The first issue that we want to look at is um, how could we welcome new people better? And what, the reason we, we, we were forced to look at that is we had an influx. We tend to get an influx over the summer and, and September time of people looking for church, for looking for a new church. And we had about 40 come to the church, all of whom expressed an interest to be in a small group, but we lost the majority of them. We just weren't able to get them quickly enough into a suitable small group. So we scratched our heads and we said, well, there's got to be a better way um, of welcoming and integrating new people into the small group life of the church. So we thought, how could we, how could we do that better? And, I mean, every church has its terminology. We have our terminology too, Andy. But uh, what we decided to do is we would set up something very different. We would set up uh, groups specifically for people who are brand new. Yeah. And uh, they were time-bound mm. so that we could get to know them. And at the end of a term or two terms, then we could signpost them into suitable discipleship next steps in the church. And uh, we learned a few things. So the first thing that we, we did in that is that, that this sort of new connect structure is we invited people who were specifically very gifted um, at hospitality. They may not have had a particularly strong teaching gift. We weren't looking for that. But really, really good on the hosp hospitality side. And uh, we put core members around them. And we put together basically a, a very loose curriculum called Jesus and... Because Jesus obviously is the core of the church, we wanted people to mm. encounter him. So we put a, a series together: Jesus and Jesus and the Bible, Jesus and mission, Jesus and me, Jesus and grace, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Lots and lots of Jesus ands, but each evening was separate, and it was resourced by external teaching talent coming into the group, uh, often from the drawn from the leadership of the church. And each evening stood apart. So if you happened to join the, the group and it was the fifth weekend, you were never referred back to a previous evening, so you felt, which might fit, make you feel a bit disconnected. And what we found uh, running that was it was much easier to integrate people into the church. 
but people's experience of church immediately was much, much more positive. But the, much to our surprise, we then found that the people who came in brand new to the church loved being with other brand new people. And what we noticed on Sunday mornings is they tended to, once they got to know each other, they started sitting with one another uh, and mingling with the uh, more established members of the church. Um, the other thing we found that pastorally really helpful for us is that uh, because there were so many new people in those groups that the level of self-disclosure was a lot deeper than we might find in established groups. And that helped us, Andy, because at the end of the time of that time-bound connect group, it was much easier to signpost people to the next level of discipleship that was appropriate for them. So we found that was a really, really positive experience. So that was the, the new people's side. Back to leaders in their 20s and 30s, we started scratching our heads and thinking, what are we doing wrong here? So instead of asking our leaders in our 20s and 30s, would you mind leading an existing group or, a, or multiplying a group into two and leading part of it, we started asking them a different question. The question we asked them was, if you could choose to lead any type of group, what would you want to do? And when we asked that question of young leadership talent, what we found is they... They had ideas, they had um, passions and, 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 and uh, uh, ideas of things they really, really wanted to lead. And they started pioneering new things. So just one example, uh, we had a, a pair of young leaders. They said, we'd like to plant ourselves into an alpha group. And then after alpha, those that have come to faith start discipling them at a, at a deeper level more quickly. And so we let them run with that. We helped them out. We helped to, them to resource that group. We found that they loved leading it and the people followed them because they had leadership gifts. And we saw a lot of innovation amongst our 20s and 30s when we said, look, you tell us what you want to lead and we would shape things with them. So that was the tinkering phase, Andy. <laughs> so we learned a lot. We learned that that people actually in new groups bond very quickly and start disclosing at, at a deeper level than, than we were expecting. And if you allowed leaders to innovate, they were really good at it and they loved doing what they were doing. And new people coming into those groups loved those groups and were loyal to them. Wow. And that then brings us to the second phase. So the second phase is we... Um, we were, we were still feeling, well, we got a couple of things right, but there's still a, a major change that we needed to do. And um, sorry, Andy, we, we, like many churches, we copy the best ideas that we can find that others have pioneered. And that's basically, we're good copiers, I think. Uh, well, we're good you copiers. could say, we're why, you're wise. You're we're, wise. we're copiers. Yeah. And what, what, we, what we heard, we heard of a church, a vineyard church, a different churchmanship um, in the States, and what they were doing is they were having termly groups and um, those you signed up every term for a group and we looked at the groups they were running there was a tremendous variety Bible study groups men's groups women's groups um, discipleship orientated groups outreach prayer and we thought it would be great to go and have a look uh, at what they were doing and see what we could learn uh, we were mindful of the fact that there's a different culture hmm. over in the States. Which part of the States was this? It was in Chicago. Uh -huh. 
And we thought, well, let's go and see hmm. what we can learn. Let's see what's applicable to our context here in, in, in the UK. And um, can I just can we, we're coming to a break, so hold hold that thought. Sure. We're gonna. I'm going to say thank you to Richard thus far. Uh, we're going to have a break now, and then we're going to come back in a minute. Welcome back to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm uh, chatting this week to Richard Lodge. Richard is on the leadership team, one of the pastors of King's Church High Wycombe. Uh, I just called him in the middle of the story, just before the break. We were, we're looking at small groups and what uh, King's Church High Wycombe have done to, to change around their their. Um, a small group structure, and uh, we just caught the caught Richard as he was telling us about a story of, of of visiting Chicago and looking at a church there that was doing things very differently. So carry on, thank you. Yeah, so we went over to Chicago and we were impressed, Andy. We were impressed at so many levels. We were impressed at the energy of the leaders, um, new leaders and leaders who've been leading groups for for years and years and years. Um, they were two years in to this termly sort of time-bound system. Um, and we were impressed uh, at, uh, at what they'd done. And uh, the, the, the level of everything seemed to have been upgraded. Um, and we loved the discipleship that was going on. And one thing that we noticed, and uh, it was a thing that, that struck us, was they'd moved from a model where they had a few people in, in long-term groups who would say probably they were, they were settled to far more people in some form of pastoral care and those core people still in those settled groups. And it seemed to us what they'd managed to do is they'd widen the arms of the church, they'd lengthen the arms of the church to embrace more people. Mm. And we love that. And as I say, we love the energy that was going on there as well. So you had your tinkering phase, you had your observing others phase, and then you had to decide, well, what, what's yes. going to happen next? Absolutely. So was it, what, what was it, it was 2013? 2013. 2013. Yeah. And uh, what, what did you bring to, you know, presumably you announced it to the church or at some point you told them what you were planning? Well, we were, <clears throat> Andy, we're touching small groups in a church born out of... Absolutely. So you're, to, so you're, you're touching sacred stuff here. We were touching what could be very raw nerves, particularly... Mm. Um, it could be interpreted that, that uh, we were touching some of the values of the church. Mm. So we needed convincing at multiple levels. We needed to convince our whole leadership team. We needed to convince mm. the small group leadership team. And then we needed to convince the church. So we, we operated on three levels, if you like. I think as, as an eldership team, we wrestled with two things. One, if we go to a termly sign-up system, are we creating an Argus church where, no offence to Argus, and there are other shops available, <laughs> of course. But the concern was, look, if people could sign up every term, does that mean they're going to skim along the surface of the church? Are we going to undermine long-term relationships and therefore um, discipleship at a deeper level and accountability? So we were very concerned about that. But what we'd seen when we went to the States, we saw the opposite, actually. And so we were settled. We were settled on that. Then we consulted with the small group leaders. We got the small group leaders thinking, look, if, if you could think outside the box, what would you love to lead and who would you love to lead? And that, that was a bit of a process, Andy, because at first we were stuck in a little bit of a rut where everybody, everybody followed the same, the same curriculum, the Sunday morning, following up the sermon. 
And it took a while for the leaders to think, actually, you mean I really could lead something else? And a couple of months in, lots of new ideas started to emerge in terms of what the small group leaders mm. wanted to do. So we got the small group leaders on board, and then we were very careful with the with the church. We had various meetings uh, where we presented uh, what we'd experienced uh, over in the States, why we thought that was applicable here. We had plenty of Q&A, plenty of opportunities for the church to come and talk to us. But a point we made, and we weren't being disingenuous, we were being absolutely accurate, was that if you're in a group, a long-term group, that carries on running, and you don't wish to experience much change, you don't need to, because you can sign up term on term on term for that small group. And if you're in a small group, you'll never be displaced from that small group. You'll be able to pre-sign up before other people and remain within the group. And so we worked at, at it at multiple levels, Andy, mm. and overall, uh, the feedback was very positive, uh, positive especially from those in the 20s and 30s um, and the students. Wonderful. And the core of the church was too. So so the mo- so you have a, a system, so uh, describe in more detail, you have a, um, every, every group theoretically is a termly group, although, right. as you say, some have been going for presumably since 2013. Well, we asked existing small group mm. leaders to stay with us and carry on. So those those are presumably still going. Most the majority of, of those are still going. Yes, yep. that's absolutely right. But you have all these new groups, yes, in, and the kind of areas that the groups form around in terms of um, topics. Um, well, we we carried on with Bible study orientated yep. groups. There are course orientated mm. groups may run in homes might run yep. down down in, in the in, in the church building in the in the center where we are uh, it could be something social it could be a running group it could be a knitting group it could be a sewing group mm. it could be a walking group um it could be a football group um and so uh, or it could be an outreach group so we've seen a lot of innovation in terms of in terms of outreach as well small group leaders or, or people who've never led together never led coming together and saying actually this is what we do we'd really like to to lead a group reaching out to some part of Mm. the community and you're quite right at the start of each term we have a few weeks where we promote all the all the small groups Uh, there's a sign up four weeks we've now trimmed that down to three so we've got greater continuity between the terms Um, and people can sign up but if they're previous group is carrying on running they sign up prior to them to the open sign up as it were and they can remain within their groups and this is mostly done via website and online everything is everything done. yes yeah we wanted a really really s- simple system mm. uh, part of our philosophy and is if we could upgrade our group structure to the point that people on the fringe of the church want to join small groups then we would have upgraded everything for everybody in the church. And so it was key for us to make it really, really easy. You don't need to sign up to any particular app. You can just go up online, on your phone, on the Sunday morning when we announce the small groups and sign up there and then. Any unforeseen problems? I mean, it sounds fantastic. I mean, and uh, I've been to your church and I've seen a little bit of some, met some of the small group leaders myself. So, mm. um, you know... D- did people need convincing? Did you find that, um, you know, some of the groups, maybe the leaders didn't want to lead something that the group members would enjoyed? Any particular 
struggles? Or? Well, we had a pleasant struggle right at the beginning. Mm. That we had far more groups uh, created than we actually needed for okay. the number of people. Mm. So it, certainly in the first term, we needed to trim back. Yeah. But we, that was a great problem to have, mm. to be honest with you. We, but we have tinkered with a few things. I mentioned before, we've shortened the, the sign-up period mm. Mm. a little bit, again, to provide greater continuity. So fee- people felt they were... There weren't such long gaps between between groups, um, but overall, it's it's been positive. And I think the approach that we sort of stumbled upon for the sign up mm. has helped minimise. So, if people sign up online, as soon as a group is full, it shows up online as being full, and that gets around some of the frustrations mm. uh, of uh, of feeling let down or disappointed yeah. in not getting a group. And and. For those who would say to you, but, you know, if you're part of a running group, you're not getting the Bible in, into you. You know, that kind of, you know, there are those who, 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 who distinguish between the, quote, spiritual and the, the more kind of secular. It's the old secular, secular divide. That's a really good point. And as I mentioned, you know, we mm. needed to convince ourselves on that, Andy. And mm. what we found isn't either or, it's both and. Mm. Mm. What we found, what we saw when we went to the States was that, that uh, that certain people would join certain types of, of group that were sort of activity based, but then once they were in that group, they could be signposted more intentionally to a sort of discipleship level that suited them, uh, and we've seen that too. So if I, if I can, can mm. give you an example, um, we've got a number of knitting groups, and uh, they seem to multiply quite quickly. And we thought, well, you, you, on, on one level, you can think, well, knitting group isn't very spiritual. But all our knitting groups meet in cafes in the town, various different cafes. And so people outside the church see them week in, week out, and get to talk to people in those knitting groups. And we've had a lot of people invited to Sunday mornings because they've met people from the church, had an opportunity to talk with them, puzzled by what they're doing, intrigued by the knitting... Uh, and invited on on a Sunday morning. But uh, what also we saw with our knitting group, just as one example, was uh, that our students started signing up, not just for the students, student-orientated groups that we have, but also for the knitting groups. And so you've got this great blend of different generations coming together, and that's helped make students, for instance, feel far more integrated, uh, far more part part of the church. And those knitting groups pray their socks, but maybe maybe they've knitted them themselves or not, <laughs> but they pray their socks off for one yeah. another and for the church. And so it isn't so much that there's this divide between the activity groups and they are somehow secular and detached and, and not very spiritual. I think God is as interested in our running and our recreation as he is in Bible study and a more formal or traditional structure of small groups. But it allows more intentional discipleship, Andy, and this is a, an upgrade that we've seen. So, for instance, someone goes into a social group, they can get to know people and they can be signposted to Alpha or a, a very intentional discipleship group as a result of just getting to know people. 
Brilliant. Well, time has defeated us, Richard. Uh, so uh, we're going to have to close there. But thank you so much for for what you've shared. And exciting to see, uh, you know, a, a small group system that's been rebooted. And I think you'll thank you for giving us the detail of your story, which um, which will resonate with many listeners who are maybe in a similar sort of situation to you, or maybe want to tweak what they're doing in a way that's going to be helpful. So thank you so much. Great. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you, Andy. So uh, you were listening to Leadership Far with me, Andy Peck. Um, Richard Lodge was my guest. He's one of the pastors at King's Church. High Wycombe. Uh, no doubt you can go to the website and find out their details if you happen to be close to High Wycombe yourself and are looking for a church. Uh, do go to Premier's own website and uh, you can log on to the leadership file. You can listen to On Demand for about a month and then uh, sign up with iTunes, with iTunes rather, and uh, you can then download the, uh, the show uh, onto your listening device and listen whenever you like. So thank you for your company. Look forward to you joining us next Sunday at 3.30. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premiere. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.